2: Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. Avalanche just completed another win. This time in Detroit, a two to one victory. And we will get into the specifics of the game a little bit later. Overall, not an impressive win. And uh, I understand, you know, ABS are a little shorthanded. But they've kind of been shorthanded all year and have handled teams much better than Detroit. Better than the way that they played tonight. But we'll get into all that stuff a little bit later. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, of course... Injuries. And the first thing we're going to start with is a couple of awards that have been handed out to Avalanche players. But before we get to that, like we normally do, follow the show on social media over at Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche, and send your comments, questions, concerns, opinions. If you want to be part of the Fandom Friday segment, whatever's on your mind, send that over to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Or get a hold of me through any one of those social media outlets just to chat and say, hey, and say, Avs are awesome. And we'll have some dialogue there as well. Uh, so like I said, first things, first that we want to get to, Pavel Francois again, getting a star for the week. The Last week, well, two weeks ago now, he was the first star of the week and definitely earned that. I thought there was an outside chance he could get uh, another star of the week and he did he just got in there with the third star of last week across the NHL and oddly enough he he you know so that's two weeks in a row half of the month of February he is on the three stars of the NHL and didn't make the three stars of the month whatever I mean that is what it is and, and that's you know neither here nor there uh, just doing that alone two weeks in a row. It's the first time in a while I, I saw, saw a really quick headline somewhere that hasn't happened in, in quite a while for an Avalanche player where they've made the NHL Stars of the Week in multiple weeks, consecutive weeks. And this kind of just adds on to him being the, the guy. Uh, you know, you can't really take away with, with what he's done and what he's doing. So I haven't heard any update on Grubauer, other than, you know, March, sometime early to mid-March, when, and it's not even, I haven't even heard that that it's specific towards him early to mid-March, I just remember hearing everybody that's out is coming back early to mid-March, uh, you know, between Kadri and Ranton and all those guys, early to mid-March for all of them, so Grubauer was thrown in the mix of that, so, uh, you know, when he comes back, I don't think it's going to be any surprise he's going to get thrown right in there just to give Frantos a break like he was given tonight. And this game against Detroit could not have come at a better time for him specifically. Especially the backup that you have now is kind of unproven. And, you know, he's, he's having a, a rough season so far. He's not playing a ton, but he's having a rough season. So, yeah, I mean, playing Detroit, the far head and shoulders above worst team in the league, it, what was good timing pretty much all around. You get Frantzos a little break. You send Hutch- Hitchinson, Hutchinson in there, and he played relatively well. Again, we'll get into that game in a little bit. But it just, it just seemed to come at a, an opportune time. And I don't talk so much on this team about players that are in the AHL unless they're coming up to fill the, fill a void from an injury, which obviously seems to be a lot this year. But I w- did want to throw out that Bowen Byram was given the player of the month in the WHL for the month of February. And not that you forget the, the talent that the Avs have spread around in other leagues and minor leagues and uh, stuff like that. But sometimes you do, and and sometimes you, you forget that as good as this team is right now, uh, they're going to be that much better when guys like him come up. And, yeah, we talked about these players more recently because of the trade deadline and who we didn't want to give up because we didn't want to give up guys that were our future. And, and this guy is our future. Uh, you know, I was okay giving up a couple prospects and I'm not gonna go down that road again, but you forget what the team is going to look like in probably two years, and just having him and Kale McCarr on the same line is pretty damn scary. And I I, I just Weep for the rest of the league when this guy comes up and him and McCarr get on the same page, and they are going to be as dominant a defensive duo uh, as the years go on as as I think we have ever seen. Kale McCarr is already there, and the scary thing about that is he's still improving. You know what I mean? Like he he is young. That's that doesn't get lost on people, but because you know he's he's a rookie and he's going for rookie of the year and all that stuff, but. He is only going to improve, and uh, Bowen Byram is only going to improve, and he's only going to improve once he hits the NHL level. So it's just it, it's scary to think what these these two guys alone are going to do. Um, and I don't know if they're if they're going to be on the same defensive line together. Let's just say they are, and you put them in, slot them in as as the the top defensive pairing, and you are going to move Sam Girard down to the second defensive pairing. That's <laughs> that's nuts. And that's not a demotion for, for Sam Girard. It's just you're able to do that. So, uh, a, 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 congratulations to him. I don't think he's won the player of the uh, month in the WHL at any month up until now. And uh, New Hook in college is absolutely tearing it up as well. So both of those draft picks from last year seem to be ready to go. I don't – Byram maybe next year. I haven't really looked too much into next year and, and what the, the uh, possibilities for him are. I don't think Newhook is coming. I think Newhook is going to go the Kale McCarr route and do two years at school and then come up, and that's only benefiting pretty much everybody. But the this, this is why Joe Sackick – stood pat for for guys like this. I don't think these two guys in particular were ever on any trade offer sheet. I, I can almost guarantee that. So we didn't have to worry about losing the, these two guys. But when they do come up and wear that Avalanche sweater, it's going to be scary, scary stuff. So uh, I guess another congratulations to Pablo Francois. I think he's solidifying himself as... The number one goalie for now, you gotta go with the hot hand. And again, I, I'm always thinking forward to this expansion draft. and if if this if the deadline was today if, of your roster needed to be frozen on players who, who you needed to freeze, I, I think you would have to freeze Pablo Francs and take your chances that they won't take Philip Grubauer. and I don't think they would take Philip Grubauer and and that's the only benefit to us. Because then we obviously retain him. And then we have a really dynamic duo when it comes to goalies. I don't think so because of the injuries. And he's played so so. But, you know, I'm sure they're going to do their due diligence and know the possibilities he has. And it's always an option that they take him. But we don't know what other teams are going to put up for their players. And that's this whole thing is a crapshoot. And you're going to be on the edge of your seat with the players that you didn't protect that you want back, just praying, please don't take them, please don't take them, please don't take them, because if they do take one of these guys, uh, then, then we're in a, a conundrum of what to do for a backup. So we, we don't want to upset this flow that we have going with both these guys when they're healthy, and we definitely don't want to upset the flow of Pavel Francos because he is he's really carrying this team right now. Because the the points are not coming like they have been pretty much up until the past couple weeks. This is still an offensive juggernaut team, but something's just not clicking. And we live and die pretty much with Nathan McKinnon. And he's kind of been in a little bit of a a goal slump. So, so goes McKinnon, so goes the team. And we're going to get into the game tonight against the Detroit Red Wings right here in a second. My name is Paul Stewart,
0: a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. EasyFeeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give EasyFeeling a try by going to EasyFeelingWellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20
1: easy-feeling wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Engstad. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally... Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right. So before we get to last night's game against Detroit and kind of dive into that game, Clearly Kale McCarr was not on the ice and he seemed to be a late scratch and I hadn't heard anything during the day leading up to Puck Drop that that he was being considered that he would not play in this game. So it was kind of a shock, you know, moments before the game that he was scratched, I believe they said a lower body injury. I have a 50-50 shot, and if I'm right on that, pretty much upper or lower, but I think for him it was a lower, I, I, I don't know. doesn't matter. It's, it, it, it's a body injury somewhere for him. And here we go again. <laughs> so going into the game, you know, Burakovsky did not play as well, uh, and I know after the Nashville game or before the Nashville game, we knew he wasn't going to play that game, and he was considered day-to-day. So, you know, like like I said, in yesterday's episode, these games are going to come fast and furious every other day you're playing. So he's going to be watched. You know, will he play Wednesday against Anaheim? Remains to be seen. They're not going to they, – they might say something today about that or maybe tomorrow morning. We'll get an update on that. But for McCarr, I believe they said week to week. They didn't give him the day-to-day designation. So he might be out again for – A couple weeks and I think that that affected the play tonight for some reason and I don't know this is this is not typically how okay a guy gets hurt we've seen it all year long people step in and it's just business as as usual and they don't seem to, to miss a beat did they win tonight they did but What's going on with, with Nathan McKinnon? Uh, you know, he, throughout the entire season, he has been in the Hart Trophy conversation, and he still is, don't get me wrong, but I I, I, I don't think he's injured. I mean, he, he's gone long enough on this, uh, you know, lack of, uh, lack of goal scoring, I should say. If something was wrong, we would probably know it by now with Nathan McKinnon. But winning cures everything, so, so we're kind of not really dwelling on it too much because the Avs just continue to win despite all of these issues that they're having with injuries. And then specifically Nathan McKinnon. We have said all year long that he, he's, he's the guy that carries his team on his back, and in a way he will always be that even if he's not scoring like he's not right now. Teams are still going to focus on him. Don't, you know... Our team's going to say, Hey, McKinnon's in a slump right now, so we can forget about him. Absolutely not. That's pretty ridiculous if a team would ever think that. But in the last, I think, including tonight, so that's 11 games one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes. So including last night's game, sorry, against Detroit. That's 11, in the last 11 games, he has one goal that's concerning. I mean, he's getting assists. Assists are no problem. Uh, And he's not, let's see, one, two, three. So he's gone five games in those 11 where he's not scored a single point. But assists are coming. Two against Ottawa, two against Washington, one against Tampa. That's the one game he did have the goal. Two against the Islanders, uh, an assist against Buffalo. And if you want to take the last five... Three, so six games. If you want to take the last, just take the last six games, he has two assists because he got one last night against Detroit, which is his 53rd assist. So he, I mean, 86 points, I believe, on the season. He's still the juggernaut player, but where is that guy that is taking over games? I mean, do you remember just how possessed he was in that Columbus game? where he he nailed that slap shot. But even before that, he was taking over. There was a game against, I want to say it was Vegas, that he he just had that eye of the tiger, you are not going to beat me and you're not going to beat my team and get on my back and here we go. And I don't know what's going on. You don't really see that from him right now. All All players go through kind of like these slumps. The good ones kind of get over them sooner rather than later. Um, and this is definitely an extended kind of slump for him. Uh, and and I say slump for him. Any other player would gladly be taking the points that he is getting while he's going through this scoring slump. Uh, you're trying to tell me Tyson Jost wouldn't take as many assists as uh, McKinnon has in these last uh, you know 11 games. you you you're damn right he would. But for Nathan McKinnon, he's expecting much more. And... I would be fine with him you know, not getting these goals and generating these assists if he still had that mentality, if you're still watching the game and knowing that he's the one taking it over, but he's not. And, and that, that's the odd part for me is he, he knows that he has not scored, and he's a scorer, and he still will throw a bunch of pucks on net, uh, but the, the quality of those shots has gone way down. On the power play, it's it's he it's like he can't get he can't get a look at all on the power play. and that's not all his fault. That's the defense knowing he is going to be looking for a shot and really kind of gravitating towards him and taking away his lanes. But good players find other ways. And normally he's really good at that. and he doesn't seem to be, really kind of adjusting his game. He's just going with what has been working with him and what normally works for him and right now it's not. So, uh, he'll he'll pull out of this. I'm not concerned about that at all. But the part I am concerned about is just that dominating force that he is when he wants to take over a game. We haven't seen it in a little while. And is he coming out of the heart trophy consideration conversation? No, I think he's definitely going to be there in the end. And really, in the end, that's—and I've said this before—that's really an award for the fans, for the individual. Sure, they are happy to be called an MVP. Who wouldn't? But you, when you get to that level, it means you—you you are a player of his caliber that does what he does night in and night out. And he hasn't been doing that lately. He hasn't been doing the night in, night out, where you're watching the game, and if you're not even a fan of hockey, you just see this guy take over the game, and he's just not doing it for whatever reason. So he will. Uh, maybe he's just saving up energy, storing energy for when uh, the the playoffs come. That very well could be. I'm not saying he's you know maybe just taking the foot off the gas just a little bit to know that this team is going into the playoffs. And he can get a full head of steam when that when that occurs. But, yeah, I think just from a, a fan viewing perspective, you can't not watch a game and say, huh, what's going on with McKinnon? So we'll see if it improves. And the good thing about it, there's games all the time this month. So any day he can just turn it on, and I, we fully expect him to. All right, so... With this game last night in Detroit, like I said in the beginning, sure, the Avalanche have so many injuries, and I just feel odd using that as an excuse against a team that is as bad as Detroit because we could have used that excuse all year long, and we haven't because we've been playing very well. And like I said, they got a victory, so good. You got two points. You, you've kept this winning streak going. But I can't take a lot of enjoyment out of this game. I just can't. <laughs> this is a team. No matter the team that you had on the ice right now for the Avalanche, still should have beat this team by multiple goals. And to to win only two to one, uh, is is a little bit concerning to me. And and, and despite the fact that yeah, there's no Rantanen, there's no Makar, there's no Kadri, there's no Burakovsky. The list goes on, uh, you know, uh, Grubauer, of course. Even with all of those guys gone, you need to beat this team. You can, you cannot let this team hang around. And first of all, they gave up the first goal of the game. Okay, that's fine. One nothing happened in the first. Obviously, clearly, you have a lot of time to get to to come back and win the game, which is what they did. Nemetsikov gets his first goal as a, as an Av. Landeskog, I really like how this guy has been playing lately. He he is starting to play like the captain that we know. And he had a beautiful setup to oh, Logan O'Connor, and he saw like he he saw a hit coming and he knew he was going to get laid out, but he also knew O'Connor was in the clear and if he could just get him this puck, he had a breakaway. And he absorbed a pretty crushing hit, which he popped right up from. No ill effects whatsoever. And O'Connor got the puck, breakaway, goal. McKinnon also was involved. Uh, he got the second assist on that play, which also gave him 300 career assists. So congratulations, to Nathan McKinnon, for that. So now you're up two to one. And. I don't know. They, they they just seemed tired, and they they were not like their quick, normal avalanche that we're used to. And you let this team hang around. Uh, you you there there was, you know, uh, Hutchinson didn't play uh, out of his mind. He had a couple really nice saves. There was a breakaway that the the Red Wings had that could have tied it, and he knocked it away. Red Wings obviously pulled the goalie that being down only one. Had a couple good saves during that. The last few minutes, uh, even before they pulled the goalie, they had a couple chances. But the last three minutes had some good saves on that. But just the fact that you're in that position, you are, I think, fourth in the league in points. And the Red Wings are going to be historically, this is going to be a historically bad season for them. I just, I can't, I can't get excited about a 2-1 to victory over Detroit. Even with the injuries. You know? I mean, what, what do you guys think? <laughs> are you, are, are, yeah, you, the only thing you can take out of this game is is that you got the two points. And it didn't go to overtime. and, and But you gave them the opportunity. There were opportunities there for Detroit. And if they had more skilled players, it could have gone a different way. But that's the way that the, the Red Wings are playing this year. They, you know, you're, you're just... The Avalanche are a a, a lost edge, you know, a defender just losing his edge and a Red Wing player blown right by him uh, away from tying that game. You're a power play away, which the Red Wings had late in that third period of giving up a, uh, a power play goal to them away from this game being tied. There was just so many opportunities that a a better team and not even a top-tier team, a marginally better team than Detroit would have taken advantage of. And I don't know if the Avalanche were playing to the level of their opponent in the playoffs. That's fine because you're going to be playing playoff-caliber teams. But you can't do that right at this point in the season. You, You need to... Go full throttle and put your your Foot or uh, on the neck of Teams like this And they didn't do that tonight So uh, I was You know You gotta win Take solace in that But you know 27 shots on goal Defense was good they only gave up 18 shots on goal The Red Wings have the Worst penalty kill In the league by far And you were 0 for 4 in the power play And nothing really stuck out to me that could have been close to getting a goal. Um, You held them 0 for 4 on their power plays, which is good. But just, if I'm being too critical, I feel like I kind of have to be. Because you are a team that's considered, you know, one of the favorites to, to at least go to the Stanley Cup. And you can check the odds of them winning it, but you know, pretty good odds of them even winning the Stanley Cup. And you went up against a, which will be maybe the team that will will dethrone the old Colorado Avalanche as the worst season in history. If not, they're going to be right there with them. Um, and you only got a two to one victory on it. I don't know. I, I think I think they need to play better than that. So. And you know that they will when the, the injuries come back, but they've been playing very well with the injuries that they've had and been sustaining all year long. So you would think guys like Tyson Jones would be licking their chops as well as he's played this past week to go up against a team like Detroit to kind of continue with those stats especially Nathan McKinnon got to be looking his chops going up against a team like Detroit. So, and I jokingly said yesterday, every, every player on this team has got to have nine points. Uh, did, did anybody have two? I, I don't know. Let me look at the stats real quick. Uh, Nope. Nechuskin with an assist. O'Connor with that goal. McKinnon with an assist. Landis with an assist. Graves with an assist. So, I don't know. Uh, I just watching the game. It was like, man, like what what is going on here? Get some life under you. So we And and the thing is, now you turn around, you have a day off, and you're playing the Ducks, who are also at the bottom of the standings. I just hope we don't have a repeat of that. And that's what I mean by a team, even of the Ducks' caliber, a little bit better than the than the Red Wings, probably could have taken advantage of the opportunities that the Avalanche were given the Red Wings tonight. So we'll see. We'll we'll talk about that game tomorrow, Uh, but in the end, the Avalanche win, and I don't want to seem like I'm not grateful for that, because all points are important, it's just, you kind of need to make statements against teams like Detroit that are just, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel, and you don't want to be just hanging on, and that's what the Avalanche did tonight, so... What do you guys think? Are are you just happy they got two points? Or are you kind of like me and you're kind of not satisfied with how the game went? Let me know. Get a hold of me on Twitter or on the Gmail. LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com and that's going to be it for today, guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow where we'll be talking about the Ducks game and any other breaking news that happens in the Avalanche world. And until then, here's Jovi.
0: Go, Abs, go!